Can I get an amen? You got an amen? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Hey, y'all. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen? We are hoping that anytime you tune in with us, we're leaving you a little bit better than you were before we found you. In our podcast, we hope to ignite something inside of you as we share our passion for personal growth, finding our God-given talents and gifts in this world, and also our love for living an intentional life. And that something sparks inside of you um, makes you, you know, shout out. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. 105. We're back. And y'all, <laughs> I'm so excited. I, I still have you on my phone as Miss Beth. <laughs> Beth Gidry's here. She was my CCD teacher in high school. And Lauren Keys, Gilpin, shout out. She texted me the other night randomly. She said, You know, who you need to get on the podcast, Miss Beth. And I was like, Miss Beth. Yay. Oh my gosh, where is she now? And Lauren said, She sees you around sometimes. And we I said, so do. she's still here. Yes. Said, yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, okay. Let's go. I love that so much. Me too. Me too. Because so much me. has happened. It's been what, 20 years since oh, we've seen each other? Oh gosh, it's been a. It's been a minute, yeah. Yeah? yeah. What you been doing for 20 years? Oh, by the way, this is Christy and Beth's first time meeting. Yes. yes. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet Thanks you, Thanks for having too. me. I'm yeah. excited. Thanks for saying yes. She didn't ask any questions. I love it. She's, She's like, yeah, totally chill. Yeah. yeah. If I tend to ask questions, I tend to, like, talk myself out of it. Mm-hmm. So I figure, you know what? The Holy Spirit says go. I go. Yeah. Let's do it. So. That's our kind of people. Yeah. So here we are. So what's been going on? Okay. I guess... Christy's good at getting us to start from, like, the beginning of time, as I like to say. So. Yeah. So, tell us. Tell like, Just briefly, like, about. A little about, bit about you, where you grew up. Okay. What yeah. your faith life was like growing up. Okay. So, uh, I was born and raised here in Lafayette. Um, went to um, public school. Um graduated. Right. You went to Lafayette High. Uh, well, I went to High. Yeah. But um, I went, you know, went to Broadmoor and Elementary and. All those, all those great little schools, and ended up at Acadiana and graduated. Um, won't tell you the year. Dang, I was trying to. No, think. no, you gotta no, be no. close to my age. No, Come on. <laughs> no, she's not far from me. Yeah, she, yeah, she's. Oh, you're at my oldest sister's age or around. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And we, she actually, your sister and I actually reconnected through acts. That's what she told me last yeah. night when I told her you were coming. You also taught my nephew's baptism class. Yeah, at Holy Cross. It's I'm been, like, no I know. Way. I've made my rounds. Wow. Um, so anyhow, so um, attended attended church at Holy Cross. Um, went I went to catechism at Holy Cross when I was little, and I made all of my sacraments there. Uh, married my high school sweetheart. Um, we now have two babies, Emma Grace and Charlie. Oh. Emma Grace is going to be thirteen, going on thirty five, and. My sweet little baby boy is nine and could be nine forever mm-hmm. and um, is one of the loves of my life. Um, but yeah, I used to teach confirmation and a couple of different grade levels, but um, I think I might have been the youngest. I know at the time I was the youngest catechism teacher. I might have still, I was still in high school. Uh, oh, at some wow. point and then I got okay. into college and um and they let me keep teaching and things were going great and then I just fell in love with this one particular set of students and Kayla was one of them Lauren Keys was one of them Aww. Lauren Chapel was one of mm-hmm. them um Jacqueline um Judice was one of them oh, yeah. 
had a good little class. Yes, it was an amazing class. And uh, at the time, I was really fortunate because uh, the instructor, Miss Dale, let me keep them. And so I had a couple of years of teaching them. And so we just got very close. And to this day, I still run into every one of them. And, and if it's not them, it's the parents and now through acts, I've been able to reconnect with some people that were closer to my age, but still siblings of some of these. I still call them my kids. Yeah. I was telling my husband, I said, guess what I get to go do tomorrow morning? I'm going to be on a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and he's like, with who? And I said, one of my kids. And he immediately knew I meant one of, my, one of my kids. Is this your first podcast you've ever? First one. <gasps> yes. So. Love that. Okay. So. What I didn't go to public school, so this may be a totally dumb question, but what is it like to go to a public school and then have to get your um, faith education outside of that? And what drew you so much into that space? Ooh. So, um, so that's a good question. Yeah. So, um, so I'll kind of I'll kind of take it a little bit deeper. So, growing up, uh, I was a single parent home. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was busy and had multiple jobs. And so I was your typical latchkey, you know, come home from school, make sure you do your homework. I'll be home by five sort of, sort of kid. And that did include religious formation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't tell you how or why, other than it was just the Holy Spirit and our mother Mary that always had her watchful hand over me. But I always had an affinity for her. And Mm -hmm. since I was a little girl, very, very little, I used to wake up. I'm dating myself right now. But used to, at like 5 a.m., you could turn on KLFY and they would do the rosary. And they would do the (gasps) first. Yeah, they would do the first 30 Mm -hmm. minutes, I think, in French. And then they would do the second, basically another rosary in English. And I would wake up very, very, very young uh, asked my mom if she wanted to join me. Sometimes she would, sometimes she wouldn't, but I'd go say my rosary and then I'd go right back to bed. How old were you? I was probably seven or eight. Oh my God. That yeah. makes me want to cry as a mom of a nine Yeah. So anyhow, so I just, um, I can't explain it other than, like I said, I've, I just have always had a calling on my spirit and I guess growing up in a single parent household, it my faith was very important for me. And, and like I said, um, my mom was, you know, made sure I was where I needed to be. And we went to catechism and, but she had her own spiritual journey that she was on at the time. And so, uh, I was, I was a lot of times the kid in the back row at church, just there. And, um, but I was alone. And so I think at that point, you know, it was Father Kale back back then. Uh, oh no, you're um, the luckiest. I will yeah. I will tell you that I I don't know that I would be as strong a Catholic as I am today if it weren't for him. I think mm-hmm. he recognized very early on, um, you know, maybe a little light in me. I'm not sure, but he was so gracious and loving to me. And I just always imagined that, you know what, even if I didn't necessarily have an earthly father that was present to me every single day because my parents were divorced, Mm -hmm. I had a spiritual father and I had a spiritual mother who I love my mom. She's an amazing person. Uh, But it, you know, I definitely had to kind of form myself, if you will. And the difference I think between going to private school versus public of course, it was different back then. Yeah, um, for sure. But There's I will tell you. Yeah. yeah, I will tell you, and I'm sure you guys 
can appreciate that your upbringing forms you into who you are as an adult, whether you want it to or not, yeah. good, bad, or ugly. And so I will tell you that now I've, my husband and I have made the conscious decision to send our kids to a private school because I feel it's very important that whatever they learn for eight hours a day cannot deviate from what they're learning from home. Mm. And I just don't see any room for error or confusion where that's concerned. I know what it did for me. Um, I see the gravitation that I have towards people that can only be the Holy Spirit. And I want that for my kids. Yeah. And I know, like I said, I know what it did for me. So um, I don't know what it was like to grow up any other way, but um, I know it made me who I am. That's beautiful. Was there a time after that, you know, I love that age too, because there's still that like healthy curiosity, naivety that comes, which is where I feel like the seeds are planted, you know, but was there a time maybe in high school or anything that you felt like a struggle and a temptation to like, maybe not give it all up, but to reroute yourself? No, I gotta be honest. Um, I think at any point where I felt like I was going too far left of center or too far right of my center, um, I look back now and I realize that there were some struggles and some hurdles that God probably put in my path to keep me, kind of to steer me back, if you will. Um, I didn't grow up with a, with a, a father figure in my life. And so, um, having, you know, you don't, you don't realize it until you're 45 years old, um, that, that had a huge impact on you and it mm-hmm. did on me. And, um, I guess, you know, maybe looking back at high school, you know, you, you wanted the boyfriend, you wanted, you know, you wanted to fit in, you wanted to do everything that every other girl was doing at the time. And I never necessarily felt pressured or I did I didn't I don't ever remember feeling like I couldn't be myself or or have a voice um but I guess there was probably a time or two where I questioned but but it was more of a a formation for me because I was so disappointed because I would look at other people's families and I would say why can't mine be like that Mm. or why can't I have a mom and a dad at home every day with me like they do so I guess if I questioned anything, I probably sought out relief in other ways, drank, you know, did everything that every other kid in high school does that my kids are going to do, you know, it's inevitable. Um, but it was because I was crying out. I was, my heart yeah. was broken and, um, but God never let me get too far. And and I think that's why I always taught confirmation. I always taught catechism because, I felt like if someone can feel differently than I did, or if someone can relate to me in some way, Mm -hmm. or even at a young age, if I can be a mentor to one of these kids, I want to be that Mm -hmm. because I don't want them to go through that feeling of loss that Mm -hmm. you just having a single parent household, you just kind of feel like you missed out. Yeah. So you were always faithful and, um, Practice fidelity back to your faith. I did. Yeah. And I still to this day do. It's beautiful. So. Can't you see how cool of a CCD teacher she was for us? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it's 
to have that, you know, wherewithal at such a young age and almost that spiritual maturity mm-hmm. to ask your mom to say the rosary with you and to wake up and to know that that was kind of like, kind of like our coffee, you know, like I got to have this if I want to get through anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I think grown adults hunger and thirst for. And I do think God calls certain people at younger ages to spiritually mature and ripen and bear fruit, like at an early age to attract other people and to magnetize other people. And it sounds like that. It's yeah. It's been that way with my marriage for sure. Um, you know, my husband definitely grew up in a very faith filled Catholic home. Um, I don't, I can tell you, I don't know that his parents could have done anything different. They were just, they were the role models. They Mm -hmm. really were still are. Um, but you know, men mature differently. Women mature differently. Girls and boys mature differently. And so just through time, um, I think that he has seen, I know that he has seen what my faith has done for me. Um, life has not been easy. Um, can't tell you that struggles don't come my way about every 30 minutes, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you realize that, when you realize that you've kind of been that good at it, you know, at some yeah. point people are now like, okay, what is Beth going to do? Um, or what is Beth going to say about this? Or, you know, I realize how much of a mentor I am to my husband, even. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize that when times are really bad, he looks to me and says, okay, I, what do we do? Or, or can can you pray with me about this? Or, um, yeah. So when you think about it in that way, um, the responsibility of having a faith-filled life is worth it and it makes sense to me. Um, and I, not a bone in my body questions it. That's beautiful. So... <laughs> Dude, how have you not aged at all? It's Stop. Years. No, I've exactly aged. It's called the, the Mary. The Mary juice. I know. Oh. It is the Mary juice. Oh my gosh. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. Oh, she's <laughs> always been so joyful. Were y'all married when you were teaching us? My two favorite people in the whole wide world are putting on retreat in July. <laughs> In the theme of blooming with us this mm. year, Laura Huval and the Light Projects, aka Christy Fredu, me, are partnering for a one day reflection, 10 Your Soul, on July 20th, which is a Saturday from 9 to 3 30. Y'all, this property is beautiful. Yeah, wait, it's let me see my song again. My two favorite people in the whole <laughs> wide world are putting on retreat in July. And my favorite place in the whole wide world. <laughs> At the Jesuit Spirituality Center in Grankato. Man, that's a good You're welcome. Yes. Between Laura's voice, I don't know what I'm going to contribute yet, except I'm going to come just raw and vulnerable, you know, just like I normally do, and try to share as much as we can about Jesus as the ultimate gardener of our soul and how there's so much in our story, so much in our lives that he wants to use and prune and blossom and grow 
And I think I'm for sure in that season right now. So by the time July comes, I think I'm going to have a lot to share. Yeah. I'm going to go too. Uh, you won't have to hear me sing again, but I'm going to do it one more time. My two favorite people <laughs> in the whole wide world are putting on a retreat in July. And they're doing it at my whole favorite place in the whole wide world. The Jesuit Spirituality Center in Grand Coteau. Oh, 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 oh. Y'all visit LaraHuo.com. <laughs> To register and y'all come spend a day with us in the most beautiful place oh. in the world with the most beautiful women in the world. And you just, you don't want to miss it. Like, come refresh your soul yeah, with us. Tend your soul. Tend it. Tend it. Tend it. I was at some point. Now, yeah. now let's see. When Brian and I started dating whenever I was a junior in high school. So, I mean, we, he has literally been or we've been together rather for i mean forever yeah it seems like so yes he probably was he probably we were dating at some point during Uh my my teaching and then um i got you know we got married i got pregnant with with emma grace and the commitment was a lot um knowing you know it's my first child i obviously had a huge learning curve um i stopped for just a few years to be able to you know, get her, get her taken care of and situated. And then I was reading the bulletin one day at church and they needed a baptism teacher, which was once a month or actually at the time it was every other month. But anyway, uh, I thought I could do that. That's a, that's a good commitment. And, uh, once again, just trying to be that good steward of my faith. Um, I guess I kind of believe in a way that you, you can walk the walk, but if you, if you don't talk the talk and do both at the same time, mm-hmm. um, you're you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. You're doing your faith a disservice, and you're doing people around you mm-hmm. a disservice because it's not genuine. And you know, if I can't do confirmation or I can't do something on a you know regular basis where I feel like I'm giving back, then the baptism class was it for me. And then I got involved with acts, mm-hmm. teamed a few times, um, which has been a whole nother level of amazing. Yeah. Mm. So, um, I, I was asking Lauren the other day, I'm like, what grades were we in when we had you? I can't remember. Oh, my memory's awful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know there was like formative high school years that we mm-hmm. had you there. It was a few years yeah. that I had you guys. Um, but did you do confirm? You didn't do, you didn't confirm us. You I don't know that. I, I don't think so. I don't think it, I think by that point, Miss Dale was probably like, okay, Beth, they, you know, they need to hear it from somebody else, yeah. um, which was bittersweet because mm-hmm. I would have loved to have taken you guys to all the way to the end, if yeah. you will. But uh, I think by that point, um, I don't remember who it was, but I think somebody else probably had to take over the reins. A few of us left and went to St. Patrick's and did confirmation over there. That's right. Um, I remember that. Yes. Um, but St. Patrick's was easier. Well, Father Blessings there. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah. I think it was just, I, I mean, I remember, um, I mean, I don't remember names, I guess, at this point, even if I thought I did. But I do remember there were some that were like, I can get it done in yeah. <laughs> two classes. Well, we had a little, like, I think, you know, I had a, um, <clears throat> I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I had a, an, un- an unfortunate um, experience in confession. 
mm-hmm. uh, confirmation year. And so that's why I left and went to get confirmed at St. Patrick's. But it's because of you that I went back to Holy Cross after that and actually went on to teach CCD Yay. for a few years. Good. I know. I loved that. You're making me want to do it again. Reconciliation <laughs> has got to be one of the most, it is one of the most beautiful sacraments that we can receive. And I do remember there were some very difficult times mm-hmm. um, with my kids um, and not just, not just you all, perhaps it was, it happened a little bit more than I would have preferred. Yeah. Um, it's so, yeah. And, and I, and you know, that's looking back. Um, I remember telling one of my kids that came out and she was just in tears and it was a bad, it was a bad experience, mm-hmm. right? You can relate. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, I don't feel forgiven. And I said, then we're going to go again. So I brought her to a different one, <laughs> different, different place, a different yeah. place. Yeah. And we were good at that point. Mm-hmm. But I needed her to feel what she deserved to feel, what God would intend for her to feel coming in. Going and being vulnerable in that way, because that vulnerability, it's embarrassing. It's you're vulnerable. You're, you know, why? I don't want to verbalize these things, Mm -hmm. but I have to, to get it off my chest kind of situation. Um, No one should have to do that and feel anything but the loving grace of God. Wish you'd have been there when that happened to me. Because it was 20 years. It took me 20 Mm -hmm. years to go back to confession. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. (laughs) And, and yeah, what I've come to learn is our priests are human. They are. You know. And um, one thing that someone told me very long ago, and I've never forgotten it is, is we make the church. Mm-hmm. They're there. They're visiting. Yeah. We make it. And wow. so I, like um, I can't tell you, I don't absolutely fall in love every day with the priests that we have right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we've we've had some struggles. Yeah. We really have. Yeah. And now we're swimming in like oh I know the, it's like just like the yeah. sea of holiness. We were we were in a desert for a while, yeah. We uh, but God has absolutely brought back some amazing, mm-hmm. amazing men and lay people even. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's good right now. Yeah, there's a fire for sure. Yes. Yeah. What do y'all think? Uh, I don't know the answer to this, but what do y'all think God worked through that? Like, to give people hope or people who aren't Catholic who listen, understanding of, like, confession and reconciliation, and how could it still be good if there's a priest who's honorary or doesn't help people to feel forgiven? Like, what did God or what can God work through that experience? I mean, obviously, the grace is still there, right? You're forgiven no matter what. But, like, how do we look at that and still have, like, that strong faith in our church and why we do the things that we do when people walk away and they don't feel Mm -hmm. forgiven. I think it's twofold. I think that as a congregation and as a lay community, we have a very deep sense of responsibility, whether we realize it or not to be that example. And so this podcast is a perfect example of that. Um, Evangelizing is very important. I think as a, I know as a Catholic community, I didn't grow up being evangelized. Yeah. I did not have, I mean, I was taught, don't get me wrong, 
But what I made of my faith, I made on my own because I didn't know that I was surrounded by people who were just in love and on fire. Yeah. It, but but that's just maybe it was a different time. Yeah. And so I think it's twofold. I think that's part of it. I think that we we really do need to understand as a community, as a church community, that we are an example, that we are a vessel. And so if people see, visually see and feel a change in us after the Eucharist, after reconciliation, that becomes very, it it is almost like a beautiful intoxication of, Mm -hmm. I want to feel that way. Mm -hmm. I want to know that love. So I think that, I think it's twofold. I think that's part of it. And I think the other part of it is individually people taking responsibility for their reconciliation. Mm -hmm. You owe it to yourself to go in there and be honest. So part of it is if you come out and you don't feel like you've really had a good confession, maybe like 50% of that is like, were you honest with yourself? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. I mean, in my, you know, in my mind, you know, father is there to listen and to forgive you, but really that's a conversation with, with you and your God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a conversation that he needs to hear. He needs to hear you say you're sorry. If you haven't verbalized that, if you really, I used to tell my kids all the time, you know, they'd say, I don't know what to confess. And I'd say, whatever keeps you up at night, whatever bothers you to your core, like something is heavy on me, that's what needs to come out. Mm-hmm. If you go into confession and you don't have that experience with yourself, I mean, you've wasted your time. Yeah, I that agree is with so that. good. You know, like to associate at that young of an age to farm them. No, but I'm saying like to farm your kids to go with like the feeling and the and the um, real life practical experience mm-hmm. of. Let me not just look at this list that I got when I was in first communion class and say like check 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 check. Right. But like to really examine, right? Yes. Like, how do I feel and what is. What is contributing to that yuck? And, you know, the honest part of reconciliation is you're leaving you're leaving with an understanding of I'm not going to do this again. And so if you go if you go in really owning up to this is perpetually what I've done wrong mm-hmm. and I consistently am doing it, mm-hmm. then not only will you continue doing those things, but you've not dealt with the problem. Yeah. And and so anyhow, I, I think that I think that you know one thing that I try to teach my kids, um, which is very important, is yeah, there's there's that surface level, but like dig a few layers in, mm-hmm. and they're they're babies right now, but you know dig a few layers in, and really get to the the root of it, mm-hmm. um, because that's where your transformation is going to take place. If someone goes into reconciliation, you, you never be able to tell me different. You go into reconciliation, you have a really good, heartfelt conversation with God. The priest is going to forgive you, and you're going to walk out changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all there is to it. We're just not we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Last weekend, <clears throat> I like to call it facing the dragon. <clears throat> Yeah, I faced the dragon again last weekend. It's very few and far between for me because the PTSD is real. Like I, like violently shake. I can feel my heart beating in my eyeballs. Like it is just terrifying for me every time. 
And so the um, the little mobile confessional was with us at a little retreat last weekend. And Father so, Champagne? Uh, mm-hmm. It was Father John, John Joseph. Joseph. Oh, yeah. even better. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, yeah. He's spectacular. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And again, my heart is just beating in my eyeballs. But I love what you said about what's weighing on you the most. Because when I got there, I'm like, there's just two things I just really need to get off my chest. Yeah. And I didn't feel, I, I think... Um, for me, who's not typically an overthinker when it comes to stuff like this, confession, I really over, I'm like constantly overthinking things. And because I think so much, I lose, like when I get into a confessional, it's like white noise in my head. Everything just leaves my brain completely. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I can't remember a sin to save I, my life. And I can't, I forget the act of contrition every single time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm oh. like, I knew it when I walked in. And Every now I'm like, yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm second grade again. And I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> the last three times or the last four or five times I've been since I've been, you know, from my 20 year break, I say the same thing every time. You're going to have to walk me through this, like start to finish because, yeah. because you can, I can feel my heart beating in my eyeballs. I'm so scared. So, and every time they're like, we're going to start with the sign of the cross. Yeah. So simple. <laughs> Still can't remember that part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, and I, I didn't have a second to think about it because I didn't know he was coming with the confess, like with the mobile confessional. So I didn't have to put any thought into it. I just knew I really wanted to go get these two things off of my chest. And he, and he, for the first time of any priest that I've gone to confession to recently, started asking me questions about one of the sins. And it took me by surprise, and I was like, huh, are they allowed to do that? (laughs) And you're lucky they do. And so I answered, and, you know, it's all said and done, and I He's helping you dig. That's what I was thinking. Getting to the root. That's what I was thinking hours later, like, after confession, I, like, poked my head around. I'm like, hey, get in touch for the podcast. I'm bawling crying. I'm like, thank you so much for forgiving me. Uh, (laughs) Call me. We're going to get you scheduled on the podcast. Um, and I walk out and I'm like, uh, I'm like, why did, why did he ask me questions? Like, and again, I'm playing Mm -hmm. in my head, like, are they allowed to do that? And, and then it clicked later that night, actually, because this was in the morning. I was like, Sha, he's trying to help me get more comfortable in there. Yeah. Like he wanted it to be a conversation for me so that I could like work through it, walk through it. And, but I was like, I was kind of like upset at first i'm like is he allowed to do that and then i was like oh shy he really wants me to feel safe here yes like, you know because i'm always just so scared yes Ooh. yeah and to not walk out and not feel forgiven because you didn't really get to the root yes. of what you were going there for. yes i know wow. yeah, it took me a few hours to get there but my heart did stop beating in my eyeballs after like an hour and a half and that's like major growth for me because normally i would be anxious like mm-hmm. the whole rest of the day well, you know what and else? I'm so too? happy for you, and so proud, and so happy all the Absolutely. time. Absolutely, me one of those, would you? Yeah. Um, I also think that we need to go more often than we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we know that. That's kind of a no brainer. But <laughs> there's a uh, there's times where I've gone every day, um, because whatever I'm agonizing over, you know, for me, it's it's um, I got a hard time forgiving mm-hmm. people. Or situations in my past that have been life-changing for me that I didn't deserve, that I felt like I was wronged in a way that is irreparable. And, you know, when you're left to pick up the pieces for things like that that happened to all of us, I really genuinely struggle with moving on. Like, 
I read an Instagram post the other day that was like, I go between like Proverbs 31 and Beth Dutton from Yellowstone. <laughs> so, like, cause like that's, I literally teeter between the two yeah. dealing with some painful things. And so I think we need to go more often. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to not shy away from, yeah, I was here yesterday and you know what? I got the same problem because God's prompting, not God's prompting you to do it. But can you imagine how beautiful it is that God prompted Father John Joseph to ask you those questions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's speaking through him to you to say, she's, she's not there yet. Mm-hmm. And when she's there, you'll know. And you got to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, that gives me goosies. So, I mean, I, yeah. First of all, he's an exceptional human being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first time I ever got to meet him in person. Uh, but, yeah, he had given us, I mean, he just spoke to all of our little souls last weekend. He is. He's so good. Yeah. We are. We're super lucky. And I would like to, I'd like to get to a point where I want to go once a month or once mm-hmm. a week or whatever. Um, or just also, go when you need. Yeah. Everybody's different. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think it's. He wants that healing for you so bad. So the nudge to go more frequently is like, okay, I feel like I'm getting closer to that healing and I just want to keep surrendering it to you. And some of us need to verbally process that more than others. But I think what it comes down to is like being purposeful and intentional. And when you're living awake, you're awake to not only the joy that's present, but also like the fact that you need healing you're present to your own suffering and so to want to continually give that to jesus to me is like the beautiful part of confession is laying it down at the foot of the cross Mm -hmm. yeah so i think it's a great thing when you want to go that frequently we talked about scrupulosity last time so trying to make the connection of like someone who's who doesn't feel worthy enough to be forgiven as opposed to someone who's surrendering and seeking that healing there's a difference Mm -hmm. you know and i think finding that nuance and I think you're you're awakened to so much you know and the fact that you want to go back but struggle with it is part of the healing process yes you know well y'all talk this out with me because I've been saying this since however whatever last year was last year when I went when Father Bryce Mm. forgave me over here I don't know is it last year I think it's been about 18 months or two years something like that anyway my first confession back was in this room and, um, uh, which is why, why I think I'm like mildly obsessed with this space. Um, <laughs> but when I go to confession, because it's so scary, that is something that really helps me to not commit those sins again. Although I inevitably do anyway. <laughs> um, but like not for a long time. Right. Yeah. So that it helps me because I'm terrified because I know I'm going to want to go back and apologize to God the way that he needs to be apologized to. <laughs> But on the flip side of that is if I have found a good weapon to combat, you know, those sins that have been such regulars for me mm-hmm. and I don't find myself committing those sins anymore, I am going to need like coaching as to how to examine my conscience even deeper than mm-hmm. that. Because whatever priest told us, like you go confess the mortal sins, right? Mm-hmm. So the big, the big ones, mm-hmm. um, pride, envy, Gluttony, lust. Yeah. Um, what are the rest of them? Not um, a, not obeying the Sabbath, like not going to mass. Yeah. That's a big one. That was a big one for me for a long time. Um, putting things before God. Yeah, putting other yeah. things before God. And so I think I struggle with if I do want to go back once a week or once a month, 
but I have a hard time recognizing those other sins in myself. Like, what's a good way to, I guess, like, what's good tips to examine your conscience in those moments? Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Do lucky you, when it's like I'm pretty quick to forgive. Um, so, shout out to the Pursuing Peace devotional. This mm-hmm. is something that I just discovered that's in there, even though we made it. Okay. <laughs> Allison and I were talking about this, how we don't. You know, we go through seasons of, like, really good at prayer, and I've been struggling lately with getting back to my nighttime routine. Uh We have the daily examine in there, which is Uh, reviewing your day and figuring out where where did I practice kindness to myself or to others? Where did I practice that virtue that's there for the week, and where did I fall short? Mm -hmm. And using that as, like, a, like you said, where's the yuck? Mm -hmm. Where was the yuck today? And journaling that so you can see the pattern to say, like, I'm struggling consistently with forgiveness, or I'm Mm -hmm. struggling consistently with selfishness and self-seeking behavior. Um, And then looking at that and saying, that's why. I feel like I'm losing my temper or impatient or yeah. hard on myself or whatever. And taking that to confession. Yeah. Well, and just talking out loud, I'm probably like, well, that's probably pride. If you can't recognize your sins, probably because you're like, think you're way too good. I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of have a different thought process with that. I feel like we, we also have a tendency to be too hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, you study any of the saints, Mother Teresa, St. Mother Teresa is one of them of Calcutta. She struggled daily with feeling abandoned. We only know that now after her after her writings have been published. But I think even I think even our saints would say give yourself a chance to grow. Um I I don't know that we need to I don't know that God's Asking us to go into confession perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, because what would we be there for? You know? Right. I think we need to give ourselves an opportunity to heal. I think we need yeah. to give ourselves an opportunity to suffer a little bit because mm-hmm. there's some there's some real growth on our growth wing, rings, if yeah. you will, to to let that happen. Um I don't know about you guys, but I feel like sometimes if things are going too good, I'm kinda like not suffering enough. You know, Waiting for the other shoe to drop, or, or just, or just feeling like I need to be more at the foot of the cross mm-hmm. with my life. So sometimes I think reconciliation and the sacraments we receive is more about just bringing us back to center. Yeah, and and yeah, God like saying, that. yeah, God saying, nobody asked you to be perfect. Nobody said be a perfect mom. Nobody said be a perfect wife or a daughter or a friend or a brother or a sister. You know. Just be who I'm asking you to be and be present in this mm-hmm. moment and let me let go of the wheel. First of all, you can get out of the front seat if you want, even get in the mm-hmm. back and let me do the driving. And I think at that point, it's kind of like whatever you go through, whatever sins you have, if they're repetitive, if they're if it's for me, it's the same one over and over and over again. Maybe that's just part of my process. Maybe that's just part of my journey. Dang. I mean, don't be, don't, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is, is don't, don't be so hard on don't yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Well, give I, yourself, I don't, give yourself a chance to be loved. Yeah. I don't struggle with that. Yeah. She doesn't. <laughs> I don't. I know many. Oh, people I feel do. like I am. I feel like I'm hard on myself on many different, especially when it comes to my faith, because I feel like I'm such an example. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's it it's becomes overwhelming to yeah. just always be like, 
hey, can you pray for this? And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know if they, I don't know if they're going to listen to me today, but I'll try. You know that <laughs> sort of thing. I was yesterday was a busy day. I'll do what I can today. Yeah. You know that sort Is of that thing. Is that your full time job praying for people? Oh gosh, uh, I'm blessed. I get a lot. I get a lot of amazing opportunities. Um, I've put it down for now, but I have uh, kind of a little side hustle. Ooh, uh, called us. Mary and Me Designs, and because Mary is my muse, and so I started up a business. Um, been several, several years, but it's called Mary and Me. That's yours. Yes. Oh my god! Okay, tell us. I'm like Winnie House. So, I'm so like, what is it? What is it? But I had to put it down though because okay. uh, my kids didn't need at the kitchen table for about a year because <laughs> it was like mommy's stuff was everywhere. But anyhow, um. I lost my train of thought completely with Mary that. And me. Yeah, but but tell but, us about Mary and me. But yeah, people well. asking you to pray. Oh yes, yeah. to pray. So so one thing that has been really cool that I um I absolutely love doing is I get a lot of requests from people, um, from around the the United States to do um memorial rosaries and i don't know how they find me but i will get random emails in my inbox and it'll be you know so-and-so has passed away from suicide here's their picture can you please make a rosary and you know mail it to me and so i i will i'll do it i've made um made them for babies i've made them for women who have died from brain cancer i don't know who these people are um but i'm fulfilling requests and so yes to answer your question it's i have to stay on my a game if that makes sense um doing things like this is actually like very replenishing and very like you know i feel like i can i can talk plainly but on any given day it's um it's a huge it's a huge blessing and responsibility um it's a lot of weight yeah it's okay it's okay to it's okay to say that out loud it can be. Yeah. It can be. I felt that from you as soon as you started talking. You're like, it, this is, it's okay. It's hard. Yeah. It's heavy. Well, you guys should know. I There's mean. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. Yeah. I feel honored. Like, uh, I think because we do this now, people feel like, oh, well, Christy's the person I should call when I need to pray for somebody, <laughs> which I love. I love that that's the thought in people's heads. And I do catch myself sometimes thinking like, that's a lot of responsibility but I had to tell myself the other day, somebody had called me for quote unquote advice. And I'm like, I don't have advice for you. All I can tell you is I've been where you are and this is my experience. I don't know that that's the answer. But if I can help someone to feel not alone in that situation, I think that's the answer that they want. And so trying to see myself not so much as like the end all, which I'm not saying you are, but I can get into that place too where I put that pressure on myself as like I'm just the window or I'm just the mirror. I'm not doing anything i'm just helping to uplift yes someone in some way yes and i think we what's your temperament by the way do you know what your temperament is um right now at this moment or just in your general? temperature oh your temperament <laughs> so your temperament is like um how you communicate how you process information like are you have you ever done like a personality or temperament test? i have i have um i i'm a i think i tend to keep it in until I feel like I have something resourceful to say or add to the conversation. Um, I don't know. I kind of deviate between that and like diarrhea of the mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I could go either way, but um, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. What, what is my temperament? We're going to have to take her test. 
Um, <laughs> off the cuff, I would say she's probably close to my temperament. So I'll, we talk colors, mm-hmm. but um, she's probably a high blue, which means you um, have a lot of empathy for people. You feel all the things that they feel. You want their oh, harmony all around on. you. Um, she's definitely high blue. Uh, I would imagine her her orange and her green um, and her gold are probably all uh, equal or close, but uh, green and orange and then gold might be. Uh, that sounds interesting. Target. I want to yeah, do, do that. Are you not assessment organized or super planny planner? It's kind of ironic because in my day-to-day life I am, but like with Mary and me, the creative side of me comes mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and – I mean, like, I won't fold clothes for a week yeah. because yeah. I am so into whatever I'm making and I feel the Holy Spirit moving me. And um, all I want to do is paint and yeah. drink coffee. No, maybe blue, you know. orange, gold, <laughs> so green. Maybe. I was yeah. going to say, you sound high on the gold, but it's just me trying to relate to you. I feel like we do this. We always think the guest is like our own temperaments. But I asked that question to say, I think it depends, too, on, like, what your temperament is and how you receive information and how you form your expectations. So I always form my own expectations for myself. And then on top of that, I'm trying to I'm trying to understand what you expect of me. And then I'm going to add that to the expectations. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you guys are like this, but I have very high, high, almost unachievable expectations for myself. Oh, yeah. But I give everyone around me a pass. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't... got to have some high goals, I feel like. I don't feel like anybody needs to meet my expectations at all because I am I love you and I'm going to take you the way that you are. And my husband tells me that all the time with my kids. You know, you... Of course, I'm not hard on them enough, but they're my babies. I yeah. love them. Um, but, you know, Charlie's getting the floor wet the other day in the bathtub and... I walked in and I didn't even hear myself, but he's killing, he's laughing because he's like, my mom would have spanked me right then and there. And I'm like, oh, Charlie, don't get water on the floor. You know, I mean, yeah. She's definitely got blue too. You yeah. Can't you can't blue gold. spank your kids for splashing water. That's what but, it's for. But like, I, but to his point, he's like, you, like, instead of having boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Instead of being like, dude, please try to keep the water right. in the tub. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm, uh, I'm opposite. I my totally take my boundaries there. down mm. when it comes, like, like we can talk all day, like, the three of us. I mean, I, I, I would do this all day. You could ask me anything and I would answer you. But I'm different. I'm harder on myself. Yeah. So. That's orange, though, too, because I'm like that. My expectations for myself are high. But not so much for others. Mine yeah, are yeah. high for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, yeah. I need to be more like that. Yeah, I mean, me too. I'm not. It's, it's a fault. She's it's bringing it out in me. She's definitely making me way better, way more aware. Yeah. Yeah. When we got to do the class, so I get to teach um, this or facilitate these courses. Um, when we got to do one last week, all my colors have changed a little bit because I've, or my numbers, my temperament has shifted because I've been surrounding myself with people. Um, that, you know, iron sharpens iron. So it's, mm-hmm. it's so fun to see mm-hmm. that little transformation over the years too of, you know, pulling all the things that you lack from the people that you're around yeah. all the time, you know, just to try to be a better little version of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Yeah, it's beautiful. It molds you. Shave off the little splintered edges for yeah. sure. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to ask you this randomly cause it's been in my head. Who do you identify most with in the Trinity. Hmm. Maybe not identify. Who do you feel 
like you can approach or who do you find yourself approaching most in the Trinity? Hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I immediately had an answer pop in my head and then I thought, well, I really do. I really do have an affinity for the Holy Spirit as well. I think my, the Father. Your gut was the Father. Yeah, the, yeah. my gut was the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, because I longed for that so much growing up. Uh, I longed for His presence. It, Like I mentioned earlier, you don't want your upbringing to have a decision factor in what you do as an adult, but it does. It's in your DNA. It's in your makeup, uh, you know, how you turned out, how you react to things. Yeah. Um, it would be weird if it didn't. I, I mean, guess, yeah. yeah. Like, but that was all part of God. I too, tried I really hard, though, growing up. And even, you know, I'm not going to be that way. <laughs> I am not going to do it like <laughs> oh, that. I, you know, all yes. those, all those really, you know, I'm going to do it differently mm-hmm. mantras we tell ourselves. Um, but I identify most with, with the Father because I've had Him speak to me in so many different ways, wanting to fill that hole in my heart. Mm. And, you know, filling, it could be something as simple as filling out a piece of paper with your family tree. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember my dad's my grandfather, look, I can't even call him my grandfather. Couldn't remember my dad's dad's name. Oh. And it broke my heart. Yeah. Wow. Because I met him one time that I remember. He was in a hotel room and at like a, just a random, it wasn't even a hotel. It was like a motel. Um, and that was the only time I ever met him. But I couldn't remember his name. And I started just bawling because everyone around me was like, jotting down their family tree and they had roots and it was beautiful (laughs) like i can't even get past this one little blank yeah who's my grandfather and y'all i can't explain it but just as just as loudly as i could hear i don't want to cry god said put my name and i thought okay enough said like he wants to fill that void in me he wants to complete in me all the little broken pieces so i think it's probably him wow that is awesome do you did you struggle with worthiness very much still do to this day yeah still do to this day i i questioned like even coming today like what am i going to be able to say what am i going to contribute i want to see caitlin I was like, I really want to see my girl. I hope she's doing okay. I'm so happy she reached out. I've never been better. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I feel like worthiness is at the crux of probably 99% of my problems that I have, mm-hmm. uh, spiritually speaking, um, because I, I just feel like I, in my mind, if I were worthy, my dad would have stayed. Yeah. If I were worthy, somehow their marriage would have worked. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. I mean, clearly I know that. But in my mind as a kid, kid. you think I wasn't good enough for him to be here. And we have a beautiful relationship now. Um, And so I would would, certainly can't change anything. Um, And I know that he – I know that he made the decisions he made – for all of his own reasons. 
but it never will replace like even at my age having two kids of my own feeling like I don't ever want them to know what that's like yeah Yeah. and so I don't care how mad I get at my husband or I don't care how many marital woes we go through in life I'm determined that my children will not suffer in that way Mm -hmm. because I don't want them to know that unworthiness Mm -hmm. yeah that's very important for me um, is it right that it makes me make the decisions I make? Eh, maybe not. But my God knows yeah. why I make the decisions yeah. I make. And he forgives me for them. He loves me for them. He guides me when I need him to. And he gets it. Like, he gets me. I was me. just about to say that. He gets it. He yeah. gets it. Well, and I think it's, I always find this interesting as time goes on as, as an adult, um, that we didn't know this as kids, but I mean, our parents, even now, they're still growing up. Like they're still learning so much about themselves. Absolutely. And so as a child, when we think those things, I remember thinking about that, thinking about my dad like that after our, when I got into high school, um, probably like had my first love, you know, mm-hmm. is when dad kind of really started distancing himself. And I was like, well, dang. Yeah. He doesn't. I don't say he doesn't love me anymore, but like he was just, you know, I think he just didn't. Something changed. Something changed. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. But I mean, that's our parents. They have their own, you know, you have your own wounds. Absolutely. Our parents have their own wounds and, you know, we all screw up and make bad decisions. Yeah. I feel awful talking about it. Like, I, I feel guilty. I feel, I feel awful I don't want to portray them in a negative light. I just know that, like you said, they had their own broken problems. Um, And I mean, both of them can apologize even, even now, because I think they're just like, poor Beth. (laughs) (laughs) There she goes again, talking about, you know, but I mean, I have to talk about it because One, if I don't talk about it, I'm going to continue making some really poor decisions because I'm not dealing with some issues. Right. But two, because I have to be able to know that there's something better and that it was never my fault. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that as much as I wanted to wish them to be in love, Mm -hmm. that was not God's purpose for me. His purpose is for where I'm at right now. Right. And it's part of your story. You can't change it. It's part of my story. I mean, we all have that. And I think I... (laughs) For better or for worse, right? (laughs) But I think that that's, uh, I can also relate to wanting, I had a great childhood, amazing parents, but I think that is also because sin is part of who we are as humanity. We're always going to want and always have wanted more than what our parents can give us. So there's always going to be a gap. But that gap is where the Holy Spirit comes in. And so if we don't create those gaps as parents, which is not even possible, um, then we don't allow room for the Holy Spirit and God to come in and to work into that relationship because we feel their cup. And that's not what we're meant for. And I have to tell myself that all the time is the only reason I can say that. But it was a big aha moment when we were talking with one of our previous guests about uh, the humanity of priests. And it kind of came to my mm-hmm. head. You know, they're spiritual fathers, right? But we we don't understand that like our earthly fathers are just as imperfect, but we want to write priests off when they're not perfect or when they don't give a good confession. But when do we ever want to write our own dads off Mm -hmm. when they're imperfect? Mm -hmm. We just want more love from them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think when you put it into perspective, what their real role is here on earth as an earthly father and a spiritual father, 
is that we can never expect someone to be perfect. Yeah. Because God is the ultimate source. We're supposed to be pointing to Him anyways, you know? And so if we can flip the script as parents or as friends or godparents of like, it's not my job to fix, to control, to change someone's life. It's my job to point them to the one who can. It's like, woo! Yeah. There's so much surrender in that. Definitely a lot of surrender. Um, I, I had read a book one time. Uh, or maybe it was maybe it was something I was listening to. Um, Wayne Dyer. I don't know if you guys oh, are familiar yes. with Wayne Dyer, but it's been a while. But yeah, yeah, it's been a while. But Wayne Dyer it was one of his cassette tapes, probably at the time that I was listening to. Oh, but he asked you. Days. I know, right? Yeah. He asked you to think about the most influential people in your life. It could be. It, it could. It could be anyone. Um, for me, at the time, it was my mom, my dad, and my husband. And I think his whole his whole concept, his whole idea process was think about that person and what that person has taught you. So, you know, we all have rotten experiences. We all have great experiences. But in thinking about that, I thought, well, you know what? My mom has taught me self-reliance because growing up the way I did, I was responsible. I, I The buck stopped with me. And, and I'm still that way to this day, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely taught me how to take care of myself. Um, never, you know, never rely on a man. The whole, you know, burn your bra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, burn your bra. Burn your bra, yeah. Um, my dad taught me forgiveness because I, I, need to f- I need to learn, and he has taught me that forgiveness is, is important. Uh, and then my husband taught me unconditional love. Um, one because I have to earn it, and two because they've had to earn it. You know, my mm-hmm. my I needed to forgive my dad. Yeah. I needed to tell him one day, "Hey, I'm sorry that happened too." You know, um, and and so you know, I think when it comes to suffering, I think when it comes to surrendering, I think that when you really, really contemplate why you've gone through what you've gone through in life, um, you realize you've come through the other side um, molded and shaped in such a way that, you know, even if your vase is a little to the left or a little to the right, it's exactly the shape it's meant to be. Uh, And I think our goal is to put flowers in it and be as beautiful as you can and be that vessel. Um, Cause we're all, like I said, we all have kinks. So that's beautiful. I like that. Me too. I've been journaling a lot about that too. All the, um, like the different things I learned from the people that come into my life in particular, what I've been journaling about lately are all the, the priests and you know, what they've taught me and how interesting it's been for me to notice when God sent them to me, the order that he sent them to me. That's very important. It's, um, it's, it's inspiring and it's like, man, only God can write that story, you know? It's crazy. Amen. It's crazy when you put it all down on paper and and actually lay it out. And it's very beautiful and it's very intentional. And I think it's... It's where he wants us to be, too. Um, You know, kind of like me not being able to fill in the blank. Um, That was because he needed needed to be there, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And I I think how happy he must be, if that's even possible but in my mind as a little girl i think 
how happy he must be that you're that intentional with your thoughts. Yeah. I think that, I think he's that intentional with mm-hmm. his thoughts with us. Um, and so I think being present is what it's all about too, because I mean, he's not thinking about yesterday and he's not thinking about tomorrow. He's not thinking about an hour from now. He's like, let me see how much I can fill you right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's like the hardest place to be for me. <laughs> Is it now? It's like right now. You know what I mean? But I look at my kids and my kids teach me to be right now. Um, Yeah. So anytime I need to be grounded, I just hang out with them. So, (laughs) Do you find yourself focusing more on the past or on the future? The future. The future. The future. um, I I think for me, I know the past is there. Um, I've dealt with it. It manifests itself in ugly little ways sometimes, but I am so cognizant now um it's kind of like okay if you drink that whole bottle of wine i know what it's going to make me feel like Mm -hmm. you know so i can make a decision to do it or not because the past has taught me yeah (laughs) that was a really bad analogy but you get the point it's a really relatable yeah Yeah. probably for a lot of our listeners too i know what i know what my past has brought me it's the future because i want to be worthy i (sighs) want Like, things stress me out, y'all, that, like, I I have no control over. But they will, I will be paralyzed. And my anxiety and, like, my OCD, like, all those, all those acronyms kick in real quick. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's the future for me. It's my children. It's, it's everything. Um and it's all because I want a sense of control. I want a sense yeah. of like, I need to be able to know what's going to happen so that I can somehow control it. Because the worst thing for me is when you take my toy box and you flip it upside down and everything falls out. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe she's higher gold than mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. That, that is the worst for me. Yeah. Because my nature has is such that, that if things are going to get done, it's going to be because I got them done. Yeah. It's going to be because I controlled <laughs> the situation. Yeah. And some of my strongest growths have been when God's like, mm, I'm going to show you how not in control you are. Yeah. So. That's so funny. Because if somebody illusion. flipped my toy box, toy box, toy, <laughs> toy box over, I'd be like, ah, look at this big pile of toys I get to swim in. Yeah. Not, not, there wouldn't be a thought in my mind and, oh, crap, I have to put these back in. I would have been like, toys. Yeah. 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 Ugh. He makes us so different. Yeah. What's the personality of your oldest? She is very analytical. She's uh, very precocious, uh, so far ahead of where she even needs to be. But she came out the womb that way. Oh, my um, gosh. She's, uh, she's German and Cajun, and so you mix the two together, and she's we call her a sauerkraut. So, Shut it. Yeah. Wait, but yeah, she's um she takes after my husband though. She's not that I'm not smart. I'm smart, but she's like another level of like she just has a lot of common sense. I'm I look I'm a brunette, but I got a lot of blonde in me. I'm being honest. <laughs> um, I don't know. Things just don't click with me the way they click with her. And she's mm-hmm. only she's only 13 years old, but um she and my husband definitely can go toe to toe on things. And what does Brian do for a living? He owns his own 4 by 4 truck shop. Okay. Yeah. Cajun Off-Road here in Lafayette. Oh. Shout, Shout out. out. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Anyway. Don't be sorry. Um, yeah. See if he wants to sponsor yeah. the episode. 
I, I, you know, I tell him all the time. I tell people all the time. Like, I think he could have been like a rocket scientist or something because he's he's just super super intelligent. But when he was about fifteen, his dad gave him an old Bronco that didn't run and the Ford manual and said, here, if you no. can make it run, it's yours. <gasps> and so he read that thing from front to back. Challenge accepted. Yep. Yep. He understood the assignment. Yeah. And so. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So Emma Grace is super, super ahead of herself. Uh, I have to slow her down a lot. She's very empathetic. Both my kids. Um, I mean, you stub your toe, they stub their toe. Like, I'm, I'm with you. I feel it. I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to hug. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, you know. Um, and Charlie's Charlie's kind of the same way. Who was harder? Who's harder to parent because you're so either alike or different? Like, did you have an illusion of control when you parented your first? Or did you? I really didn't. Um, okay. I didn't have a, I did not with Emma Grace. I wanted, I wanted her world to be so perfect. I wanted, I wanted to know her needs before she even had them. Uh. Um, I think I, I think it's harder to parent Charlie in a way because uh-huh. we are so much alike uh-huh. and he takes things so personally. Mm. Um, you fuss at him. He's heartbroken, heartbroken. Yeah. Um, he's harder to talk off the ledge if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, he's, he's left-handed. And so, I mean, he doesn't want to be left-handed. He wants to be right-handed because, He's different, and he yeah. doesn't like it. And I'm like, dude, if you only awesome. knew, if you how only cool knew how co- I told, yeah. I tell him that all the time. But yeah. yeah, that's harder to parent for me because, yeah. like, the hard ass in me wants to like go, like, suck it up, Buttercup, yeah. move on. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? But I can't because keeps I'm, you in the present. Yeah, keeps you I'm kind alive. of like that. So I I take things to heart a lot, and so I just yeah. have to always remind myself, guys. She's just like me, you know? Yeah. Um, so. It's so cool what motherhood teaches you. Huh. You know what I mean? Like, it's healing in its own self, as yeah. painful as it can be, if you want to be present to it, you know? And I think that's what I mean when I say, or I know it's what I mean when I say over and over that I just want to be a good mom. It's not that I'm necessarily trying to be goody-good, quote-unquote, or perfect. It's that I want to bring my children up and do a good job for God. I want him to be proud of me, but it's more that like, it's easy to be a parent who could just stick an iPad in front of their face or let them do whatever they want, but you want better for them. And so to stick to those guns and to like see them and notice who they are and be super present one and intentional too, to forming them to how God made them is hard right? because you do have to sacrifice Everything you want for yourself to be that present and that alive with them in those moments. Hundred percent. It's one of the reasons why I put down my Mary and me is because uh, I I found myself not being present. I started doing um, Father Michael Schmidt's uh, Bible in a Year podcast, and I never there were certain there were certain uh, scriptures there were certain. Uh, stories in the Bible where I, I probably learned it, but never understood the significance of it. And uh, one in particular was very resonating with me because it was about um, knowing when to put things down, mm. pick them up, 
but know when to put them down. And I had, I was not present. Yeah. I was not present for a while. Um, I felt like I was making beautiful things and I thought, well, this must be God's intervention for me. He, he loves what I'm making and therefore he's inspiring me and I'm making these things that I don't even know where they come from, but, but they're mine and I'm proud of them. And I mean, I'm selling like to Australia and Germany and New Orleans. I mean, really cool, you know? Um, but, but it had gotten to be a lot and Mm -hmm. I didn't know when to put it down because mm-hmm. I, the orders kept coming in. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, my kids are kind of fending for themselves. And like I said, I'm just, I'm my creative man- mantra. So I figured, well, this must be God's, this must be his place for yeah. me. Right. This is where I need to be. Uh, and so. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we can justify anything? hundred yeah. percent. But anyhow, I'm listening to one of the podcasts and Father Michael does an amazing job of explaining it, like, in normal terms without the thee and the thou and the yeah. everything else. And, <laughs> and the thine. That's four, that's and four the words. Thee, thou, yeah. and thine. That's yeah. a t-shirt. Thee, thou, thine. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I immediately stopped, wrote down exactly what he said on a sticky note to not forget it. But the gist of it was, be present. Yeah. Um, know when to say when and know when God's blessings have been so abundant for you, but he now needs you to stop and take a breath. Mm -hmm. And I think in my mind, I was worried that, well, what if the blessings go away? Well, I don't want to not get the blessings because if I stop getting the blessings, then they won't come back. I mean, that makes no sense. Yeah. If they were there before, they'll be there again. I think his training Mm -hmm. of me is such that he's like, I'm telling you now, put it down. Mm-hmm. And I did, and and it's been it's been fruitful for me in a a good way. Yeah. Um, because I can sit down and do homework. I can make sure that you know what it, it is eight o'clock, and we we do need to hurry up and go take a bath, right? Yeah. Instead of hey, mommy's you know finishing up this piece, I need you to go. You yeah. Know, they need me. They yeah. they need that. You know. And you can't get it back. You can't That's get it back, the- and um. That's the illusion of living in the future. You know, yeah. it's like just one more thing or win this. And I realized because I struggled with the same thing and still do. I'm never going to get this moment, this day, this bath experience back. And there's a secret that God has planted and a blessing in that interaction that I will miss if I don't set it down. I won't miss anything if I set it down, but I'm going to miss that moment with my kid. And I, I'm the only mom that can be that mom to them. Mm-hmm. And I have to coach myself like that because it's not in my nature and my first desire to always be that self-sacrificing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do y'all, how do y'all celebrate as a family? Like, what does joy look like in your house? <sighs> we have a very funny household to begin with. I mean... We, we we cut up and we laugh a lot. And so I think joy is, you know, us sitting at the kitchen table cracking up over something that happened in the course of our day. Mm-hmm. One thing that I always ask my kids, um, I talk about a lot in my baptism classes, is ask your kids what was the best part of your day. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, like Charlie, it was like, oh, recess was fun or Avery smiled at me or whatever. Uh, And then I'll say, okay, well, so what was the worst part of your day? And it is a little bit of an examination of conscience for them, even though they're they're young. Um, They'll ask me the same questions. They'll ask, you know, their dad the same questions. And I think 
the joy that comes from that is there's a, just we have a very open dialogue with each other, almost too open sometimes, because they do get a little too comfortable with the conversation. But in a way, I'm I'm thankful for that yeah. because I remember being very intimidated to talk to my parents whenever I was little, or my mom mm-hmm. whenever I was little. Um, I wasn't sure, you know, talk about it, don't talk about it, have a question. Never mind, you know, that sort of thing. And I also think at the time that my mom had her own issues that I don't know that she would have really given me a very good response anyway. Yeah. I, she was present as much as she could be, if yeah. that makes sense. And so joy for us is laughing a lot, um, talking to each other a lot. We support each other a lot. Um, You're a very safe space, though. Mm, You've always mm. been that way. I want to be. I want to be a safe space. Um, I didn't have that, like I said, when I was growing up. Um, and so now I am I really have made a conscious decision to, you know what, ask me anything. Yeah. Or, you know what, I'll help you. Or I'll be there for you. Mm-hmm. And my kids know that. My kids absolutely understand that it's kind of a judgment-free zone. But what I think they see, or what I, I'm hoping they see, is that um, – there's got to be a healthy parameter mm-hmm. to that because for mommy and for Brian too, but for mommy for sure, um, my answers always come full circle back to, well, A, let's pray about it. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, that's not what Jesus would want. Or give thanks because it could have been worse. Um, so, yeah, I'd um, – we are big family people. We're very family oriented. So we're always with, we're always with family. Um, and my kids enjoy that. They gravitate towards mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And I think that brings them joy. Yeah. That's awesome. I love the image of that. Me too. Um, I'm interested to know the Rushmore question for her. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So if you had to pick like your top four most influential we call it the Catholic Rushmore, but your own personal one, whether it be saints or people mm-hmm. in your life or priests, mm. you know, whatever. Who would be on your Rushmore? Um, Mother Mary, Saint Joseph, uh, Jesus, and then in, and in that three, it would be the Holy Family for sure. Mm. Um, but but those three for sure. Um, my fourth was that four? Yeah, my fourth. Um, You know, I, I'm never, I hate to say that, but like, I've never really had an affinity for, for like some saints that are, that are, um, sort of your modern day heroes, like St. Therese, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I never, I never really had a gravitation towards her very strongly. Um, but for me, it's those three for sure. I do like, um, Padre Pia. Me too. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know. That's a really Why a tough Padre? One. I just think he's so, I think he speak. I need someone to speak to me kind of in a no-nonsense kind of way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, you know, I, I like, I like Mother Teresa as well of yeah. Calcutta because she's so real. She did such an amazing job. I don't know if that was good or bad, but she did such an amazing job of 
still loving and and living her faith every day but struggling yeah yeah and i'm like that's me yeah um and then the other one i know i'm i'm i think we said five would be saint faustina with uh divine mercy Ooh, yeah. i don't know if anybody has has anybody said saint faustina? i don't think so yeah St. Faustina. Have you read her book, The Diary of the... Um, I haven't read... I've, I've read parts of it, but I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, the Divine Mercy uh, DVD, the video. No, no. Oh, my God. It's amazing. So the story is amazing. Um, I don't, we can we can do a different podcast on that, but uh, I'll let you borrow it because I ended, up, I ended up purchasing it. But there's a Divine Mercy for Moms um, that's amazing. Um, the Divine Mercy Chaplet for me, it's a, you know, three o'clock every day is the hour of Divine Mercy. It's the hour that Jesus expired on the cross. And so as Catholics, we believe that anything you ask of, of God during that that hour, you know, if you if you have an honest chaplet prayer, you know, if it's if it's his will, we'll be given to you. And so I had somebody tell me to do that way back when, and I started doing it. And so every day at three o'clock, my alarm goes off and it's a reminder that I need to stop what I'm doing and be present because I'm probably not present. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing something else. Um, sometimes I have to stop it and go back to it. But either way, um, she was a very young girl and knew at a very young age that she had a calling and ended up, you know, living with a priest that she would talk to. And you know, obviously it was he's God's talking to me and he's he's telling me these things and she starts writing them down and. Then one day he comes to her and says, I need you to paint this image of me. Paint what you see. And it ended up being the divine mercy image. But because she couldn't paint, she had her superior stand stand in, if you will. And she had him hold his gestures exactly the way she imagined him, imagined God. And it just so happened that on the floor below her in the apartment she lived in um, was a painter. Go figure. so he painted this image and it's what we commonly know today as our divine mercy image and the history of it's amazing um the everyday conversation that she had with god in her diary is kind of like the everyday conversation i have so my affinity are for saints that struggle or or struggle they struggle they know the surrender but they struggle with the surrender Mm -hmm. yeah like some days are easier than others and they seem to be very real life they are real life yes and but struggled the whole time that that resonates with me big time i can totally agree with that myself and we all know they suffer annoyingly holy like saint catherine of siena no no the opposite (laughs) not the ones that are holy roly like I can't identify with that. I know you suffered, but I would not. It seems like there was a willingness, whereas I'm like, I'm not really willing, but I'm going <laughs> to tiptoe yeah, and take my tiptoe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Totally. I need, I need to kind of like Padre Pio. I need to like see yeah. the wounds because mm-hmm. mine may not be visible to you, but they're real and they're there. And... I think that's what resonates with me with with saints. I have a really random question and sure. I'm weird, but I'm going to ask you. What food do you think of when you think of Padre Pio? I mean, like what's the first food that comes to mind? Like pasta. Okay. <laughs> 
I was thinking hot cross buns. Because <laughs> I got the cross, the stigmata. I'm trying to collect ideas for my small group, so I'm asking random people that. with the saints. Yeah. Oh, oh, how so, fun. Who's your favorite saint, and what food do you think of yeah. when you think of them? Yeah. I think of, like, pasta. Or bread. I don't yeah. know about bread. But anyway. Okay. Hot cross Thanks. buns. <laughs> hot cross buns. <sighs> this is awesome. This is good stuff. Yeah. What else? You got anything else for the listeners? A final thought? Mm. I just enjoyed I really enjoyed this. Um, maybe more than I thought I would. Yeah. Uh, so this was fun. Um, I, I, you know, I, I just would encourage everyone listening to be kind to yourself. Love yourself. Um, surrender. Um, be willing to suffer. Um, be open to the suffering because I think, I think in walking our road to Emmaus and, and, and carrying our crosses that we carry, it's, you know, it's about as close to God as we can get. Um, and not to be afraid of that and maybe to be present. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's our parting word for the day is just to be present. Present. I like that. Okay, we're trying to incorporate a Bible verse for people to meditate on for every episode. Is there a favorite verse that you cling to, um, either currently or just like kind of like lifelong affinity for? Oh, yes. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Ooh, yeah. I mean, if that don't wrap it up. Can I get an amen? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Can I get an amen? Drop the mic. Drop the mic. Thank you so much. This was beautiful. You're welcome, ladies. Thank y'all very much. Y'all have a blessed week. Thanks for listening. Bye.